Episode 14 of the Cinema Australia podcast. My name's Matthew Eels. Uh, in this episode, I'm speaking with director Sophie Matheson and producer Dominique Matheson about their new film, Drama. Uh, the filmmaking duo are also sisters. Uh, I'm not going to speak too much about the film's plot because it's disgusting length at the beginning of this interview. Uh, Drama is a heavy, heartwarming and genuinely hilarious piece of contemporary Australian cinema. I recommend uh, everyone check it out. Uh, Drama will be released in cinemas and via video on demand on November 17. Uh, For those of you who are keen to catch this great film, you can visit the film's website at www.afilmcalleddrama.com to find out where and when it's screening. Anyway, enjoy. Uh, I'll just get both of you to say your names again, just so I know uh, whose voice I'm actually listening to. Yeah, I'm Dominique. And I'm Sophie. Okay, all right. Well, that's good. That's easy. Um, Anyway, so let's get started. Uh, Can you both uh, tell us a little bit about drama, about its story? Uh, What's it about? You can have this one, Soph. Cool. Um, So drama is the story of Anna. She is an Australian actress living in London who's having a particularly shitty time. So she goes to Paris to stay with her best friend Jean and becomes embroiled in his relationship difficulties with his French partner, Philippe. So it's what we call a friendship romantic comedy. It's about uh, the way... Predominantly, actors tend to create their own dramas within their lives to, I guess, build the circumstances in which they can grow and develop out of them. So, yeah, we really wanted to look at the kind of unique and very intimate relationship between a straight woman and a gay man um, and how that can sometimes take up a normal kind of relationship place within each one of their lives. So uh, where does a story like this come from? Is it drawn from any uh, personal experiences? Yeah, I mean, it's it's based on... Um, it's it's pretty much a, an open love letter to my, my best friend, Russ Peary. Um, we've been friends for over a decade now and, um, you know, to our respective partners, they, they call... Um, you know, each one of us, um, our partner, because we, we tend to we tend to know each other a little bit better than um, than yeah. I guess I guess we're kind of like siblings, but also like best friends, and you know, it's just that kind of thing where we we um, we've really worked to um, to kind of complement one one another, but also challenge each other in a way that you know I think is is very um, yeah. It's it's a little bit. Unusual, I guess. Um, we we fight like cats and dogs, like a married couple, but then come back and are best friends. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Oh, that's beautiful. I think it, uh, I'll just in here. I think it's important to kind of note that is really prevalent a lot around friends that we know. Like it's it's really that kind of gay husband ideal is something that's really not celebrated and not talked about, but very very real mm. and really um, 
really visible around us in this kind of life lifetime of our like in this kind of late 20s early 30s it's really quite there so yeah and we really wanted to kind of show show that you know like what we kind of developed it as was the kind of real life will and grace you know rather than yeah. it being rather than it being a kind of pithy um you know almost like the the side you know like the the, the two characters that are the side characters to you know the main kind of love um storyline we wanted to really showcase that and actually go you know there is a depth of of feeling and emotion there and there is an enduring um relationship that you know is just as valid and and just as important as you know a couple who do get married <laughs> so yeah so was there a frustration there that not enough of these kind of stories were being told uh, on film absolutely mm. i think that you know we were when when we were you know, when I first wrote the script and I sent it to Dominic, like, you know, we both kind of had this moment where we were like, we've never seen this story and this is something that, you know, we both have experienced and continue to experience. And we were like, you know, we're not freaks, we're not weirdos. We, you know, we just have these kind of relationships that, you know, I don't think are are considered legitimate in a kind of heteronormative um, society. So, you know, we really, we were quite frustrated. And, And also the fact that, you know, there was not a lot of female characters that were you know um that weren't kind of married off at the end of it you know Hmm. even at the end of will and grace you know she ends up you know (laughs) kind of walking away from that relationship and going into the much more legitimate kind of married lifestyle and we were like you know there's there's every chance that me and russ as we say are going to end up quarters (laughs) in a house at 65 (laughs) and that's okay that's totally fine (laughs) I'm sure we'll be a little bit upset, but no, we'll get through it. Um, I've probably seen more Australian films than anyone else uh, this year, and I I have to say that's one of the reasons I loved it the most, because of this unique story. Uh, It it was really beautiful. Um, uh, So you're both sisters. Uh, How long have you uh, both wanted to work with each other for? each other before this project Matthew so mm. I've been working as a makeup artist for 10 years um, but this is the first project that Sophie and I have kind of collaborated with and I kind of came on as I was pretty reluctant to be honest and I really wanted to get to Paris but just do makeup just do makeup and Sophie's kind of just like yeah let's let's go and do this project together and then it kind of turned into something that was growing really really fast and I think we as sisters kind of clicked in and went okay this is what has to happen because that kind of um that connection that we have that kind of instinctive finish each other's sentences kind of thing kind of came into play when we were super stressed out in in France like Sophie and I are I like to say that I'm kind of the backbone and Sophie's the buzz. You know, it's, it's really, it's really kind of like we kind of really complement each other really, really well. Sophie is like this amazing ball of creativity that has so many brilliant ideas, but sometimes it has to be tethered and sometimes, you know, you've just got to get her over the line. I think that's what I, I'm really happy to do is kind of facilitate that, that kind of um, energy, I guess. Yeah, and I think that, you know, from from my perspective, like, this was a very, it was a very bolshy kind of choice. I was like, I'm just going to make a film in Paris. Like, don't come (laughs) over and help me make a film in Paris. And she was like, um, 
okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she she came over and we very quickly realised that, you know, the, the kind of scale of, of the thing was far greater than what, you know, I had anticipated. We had a crew of over 40 people, you know. It was, it was something that I was like, well, I've just bitten off a huge amount. And, you know, Dominique... Um, Dominique is a very, like, it was one of those things that the actors, like, Dom just kind of naturally took up this kind of producing role. And she was the producer in the in pre-production, but she really just wanted to kind of do the makeup stuff and just, you know, hand a lot of stuff over. But it was really interesting, especially, like, you know, we've, we've been friends with Tom Wren and Nicole DeSilva for a long time. And, you know, after a few days, or the first few days, actually, you know, they were saying to Dom, like, you should be the producer, Dom. And Dom was like, oh, really? Another thing that I have to be? <laughs> and I think that, you know... The- that's been a really you know we're working second feature at the moment that we've been shooting which is a documentary and it's a really lovely thing to actually see that you know because we've backed one another in what we wanted to do there's been this really organic development of yeah just real role sharing and and figuring out how we work with one another because you know it, it is a it is a new relationship as um as professional workmates as well as being um siblings so we have had to kind of nut that out but it's been it's been so wonderful because I think that one of the things as a director or as a writer is that you know you can often feel that um, you know someone is is not invested in in your brain or your ideas long term so there is this kind of sense of feeling pressure about what you deliver and when and I think the great thing about working with a sibling is that you know she just genuinely can't break up with me because you know like I'll see you at Christmas there's no escape (laughs) exactly I'm just going to call mum and just see what she has to say about it. Let's just do it that way. I'm dobbing. But also, but also our fights are just like, they happen, but then they're done. They mm. really dissipate because we've we've had, well, I've had, what, 29 years of this idiot on the planet and I know how she works. So, you know, there's no, like, we don't take things to heart. And, yes, we do fight with one another, but it's just, it's just, it's just, it's okay mm. and it's not something that we take personally. Mm. And I think, like, you know, sorry that we're, this has become the longest answer in no. the history of answers, but, like, you know, one of the things that's actually so great is that you don't actually realise it, but, you know, when you grow up with someone, you develop very similar tastes. Mm. And, you know, Dominic and I have very very similar ideas about aesthetics and that's something that is to do with this kind of backlog of um, influences that we grew up with and so you know it was one of those things where I didn't have to explain a lot because Mm. Dominic was like no I completely understand that absolutely that's how it should be Mm. Um, so that's been really really great because a lot of what we did with drama especially in the coverage sense was quite um, it wasn't regular you know we were shooting up to eight-minute takes and you know there was a little bit of pushback with some of the crew going should you be getting you know like cutaways should you be doing this and you know Dominique was like no 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 absolutely not like I completely know what Dominique what Sophie's going for Mm. so I think that that is something that you know you want a producer that um that thinks about cinema in the same way that you do and and we do we definitely do think about that as a medium in very very similar ways so yeah it's it's such an asset so uh, talk tell us a little bit about those uh, long takes uh, that was one of my questions uh, uh, as you said some of them last for eight or nine minutes uh, what were the challenges of uh, filming like that because they really were brilliant oh i mean it's a f- like it's no. nice of you to say because it was 
so hard. It was so, so hard. Because we had given all of these creatives kind of like a step up and say, like, like put up or shut up kind of thing, like all these people were – it's not that they didn't have experience, but within that kind of format, you need to know your shit. Mm. And, you know, those long takes, we had so many of them because, like, our boomy would keep just dropping into frame because we just didn't know how to do that. And, like – in an, a really experienced crew, an eight-minute take is tough. Yeah. And I've been in them and they're tough. Mm. But with, <laughs> with our film, it was especially crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, oh, so, guys, we're going to do a low-budget feature. Have you guys seen um, Russian Ark? We're going to do that. Like, it was just, like, it was so, so intense. And because, you know, we, we just didn't have the time to rehearse. Like, we would get, you know, like, especially some of, some of the scenes, we would be on set in the morning we would have to be you know leaving a location by four o'clock in the afternoon and we were having to get an eight minute take and you know what that means when you get the actors you go you're expecting everyone to come so prepared to really just go with you and it was it was a miracle I think that you know the the coverage that we did get was was seamless because I mean it's wrong to say it's a miracle because people people were so so committed but it was it was really um it's it's testament to how much commitment and talent was in our crew because they, they just like you know it, it was grueling sometimes you know especially when you've got you know a huge alexa strapped to the dop and he's having to you know literally keep something going for nine minutes where you know he was he, i think he lost like five kilos in that bar <laughs> scene alone so you know like on the technical side, it was just, it was so heartening to see how, how invested they were in that kind of vision. But I think from the artistic sense, like, you know, my kind of, um, and look, I, I will say Dominic and I have collaborated before in theatre, mm. um, which was, you know, where I kind of got my start. And um, I was always really interested in something called unconscious gesture, which mm. is basically, you know, the kind of small things that, you know, an actor will do, which, you know, when you go to drama school, you try and iron out and become quite neutral. But what I was quite interested in in those, are those tiny little things that you see in someone's body that tells so much about a story, you know, the way that someone's knees are positioned towards one another or, you know, the way, the way you place your hands. And all of those things for me are lost in this kind of... Um, master close-up reverse coverage you get this very kind of cookie cutter um uh performance level and i i approached a lot of actors by saying to them you know i i want to see what you do with this character and what you do with this character is entirely up to you mm -hmm. it's not up to me and an editor mm -hmm. it's it's actually like you do the work and show me what what you think this character is and it was so phenomenal just to see when you give actors that kind of level of trust how much they fill that out you know like i one of the the strongest things i think in the film is the performances i think mm -hmm. that you know across the board there's such a, a kind of um you know baseline of of real authenticity and i think that comes from the fact that you know everyone was exceptionally well prepared they asked the right questions and they could really just um yeah you know turned up and just blew us out of the water like you know in the in the bar scene like that was tom wren's first first 
day on set mm. and literally the second take he just smashed it and we were like okay so let's go for another one but pretty much that's going to be it <laughs> and that was that was consistently the kind of the the story that that we or the experience that we had where you know people would just literally just come and just nail it in one take and what? I think it was because they didn't feel like they had had to hold back they weren't waiting for their you know their they're close up to kind of show you the money. They were really like, you know, from from the the time you call it action, they were really, really there and really present. So it's it's something that, you know, we've spoken about moving forward that, you know, we're super invested in. Like, you know, there are some things that we will definitely change um, in our approach, but definitely that kind of level of um, of investment in actors and, you know, and the amazing work that they can do if you, you know, give them half a chance is definitely something that, you know, we'd like to continue. What a dream it must have been for uh, those actors to work with a filmmaker willing to give them so much freedom. That's great. Yeah. Um, in, in your director's statement, Sophie, uh, you say that uh, drama reflects uh, the experience of a new generation who must now admit that the one is most probably one of many. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little more? Totally. Like, I, you know, I, I got brutally dumped in my early 20s, um, which was, you know, quite shocking for me. I was in a relationship with a much older man. You know, we were kind of doing the whole house and thing and I I was pretty much I I thought I was done you know I grew up with parents who you know my mum married her first boyfriend you know that was the kind of thing that you do Mm. and I was you know despite the fact that I would consider myself very modern I still was kind of in love with that kind of idea and I think it came from the fact that you know Growing up, you saw all of the 10 Things I Hate About You films and all that kind of stuff, and I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, this this guy's great. Everything's going well. Life is cool. I'm 23. I know what I'm doing. And then I was like, oh, so that's ended. And I was like, oh, this is, this is, not, this is not what I expected. And I think that, you know, when I, when I started talking to my friends, we all kind of had this, this similar experience where we kind of felt like, oh, look, you know, like life continues after the credits roll. And, you know, there is this kind of, um, I guess, addenda that happens after your kind of happy ending that goes, you know, life is... For- very complex now and you know we we don't have the investment in that kind of those traditional things of you know marriage and houses and that kind of sense of security is 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 not it's not a given anymore so i i really wanted to i guess highlight that and show that you know there is growth and there is life to be had as a single person and you know yes it's really tricky and hard and you do feel that kind of um, you know, omnipotent pressure, but it's um, it's something to be celebrated, and I think we need to, we really need to show that, you know, there is, there is alternative experiences, and they're just as valid, and we shouldn't always be pushing this idea of, you know, settle down, settle down, settle down. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, we, we've, we've said that, you know, the next the next narrative feature that we're going to be doing is a kind of um, a second instalment to, to this with very different characters. But we're very interested in the kind of the, the dogmatic kind of approach of, of um, 
uh, relationships and, and what that can do to, to people's brains about, you know, how they act when they're not in a relationship, especially when you're kind of in your late late 20s, you know, early 30s, where you're starting to feel a little bit like, you know, potentially you are a bit of a freak. And, you know, I just, I, I always just wanted to explore, you know, what, what what's it like if Bridget Jones just does go back to eating pizza in her pyjamas as opposed to, like, you know, kissing Colin Firth at the end. Like, you know, she looks pretty happy to me. So I was like, that, that's all right. Like, let's just go back there and just see see what it's like. So we really want to keep that going, I think. so. Uh, Dom, uh, did I read somewhere that uh, 70% of the cast and crew on drama were women? Is that right? Yeah, so it's between 50 and 70% of all um, creatives that we employed were women. So it's like, it's a it's a forced gender quota that we have within our company, Little Short Shots. We really believe that it is important to champion the advancement of women in this industry. I think um, if we can actually give a hand up to lady bosses around us, then I think we're doing, we're doing the the right thing by the industry and the right thing by, by us. Mm. So there was a lot of people, like our gaffer was female, all of our camera department bar, our DOP was female. And I think we live in in an industry where it's hard enough to kind of step up the corporate ladder within the film industry, but it's even tougher for a girl mm. because it's so male-dominated and I think... You know, we, we had an opportunity to put our money where our mouth was and we did it and we've come up, like, we've come out with a film that speaks for the quality and the drive of women, for, like, women within a creative team is a really strong force. Mm-hmm. It's a really strong force. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean... and going. It was, it was definitely, like, something that we kind of spoke about as well when we were, you know, designing the, the kind of the film, which was, you know, it does take a little bit of... And, and it did take a little bit of convincing, you know, like when we were yeah. saying to, to some of the girls, like, you know, yeah, you've been best girl for, for so long, but, you know, step up, step up. And they were like, oh, I don't know if I can. And we were like, dude, we got you. We got mm. it. Do mm. it. Mm. And I think that, you know, that's to do with the fact that, it's it is quite hard because sometimes you know like you know we you don't have a role model sometimes you don't have um you don't necessarily have a whole boatload of of heroes and mentors that you can say no they've done it first Mm -hmm. so it's really hard to kind of back yourself and you know or we just thought it was quite interesting like you know yes we shot in france and yes you know some of the, the men in france are a little bit flirty but you know it was so it was not regular, so much so that a lot of the actors started calling us sexy crew because they'd <laughs> never seen that many women on a set. Really? <laughs> and they were just like, look at all these girls in shorts. And we're like, yeah, shorts are practical, mate. Like, this is like, we have to pick up shit and do shit. And I think that, you know, that was that was so interesting just to see how how people relate to that many women is, is to just go, oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to do this. Wow. So, you know, we, we really want to keep that going. And, and you know, in in the, the wake of, of Screen Australia saying that there will be no gender quotas, well, we were like, well, we'll just instigate our own. Mm. And, you know, that's the way that we can advocate for other women's careers because, you know, from our perspective, we are two outsiders and there's absolutely no reason why we should have, a you know, a strong trajectory through the industry. So we know how hard it is. So we were like, well, you know, we could we could see other women in the industry as 
competition or we could see them as our allies so the best kind of you know the best thing we can do is is go we got your back mate like mm. you know you help us and we'll help you and let's just get this done mm. so uh, yeah. speaking of screen australia the film was privately funded right uh, did you try to get funding through any of the major funding bodies in australia or did you bypass that uh, process altogether the project came about pretty quickly because it was Sophie's master's thesis. So it kind of escalated within a really quick time frame. And we were in Paris anyway. Like there was, we had, we didn't, we had Melbourne heads of department, but we had a lot of um, European crew and it would never have gotten through development phase for one. That's mm. something about the Australian industry is that, yes, you can get funding, but you need lots of track, like you, you, you need runs on the board before they take you seriously. Mm. And you need to actually tick boxes as a producer to go, you need to have this you know, this amount of local crew, you have to film and you have to film, you do your post, you do your pre in Australia. And it's just like, we would never have got drama up going through those normal channels. Oh. Just, and that's just, that's just fact of the matter because we're, we're, we're outsiders at the moment. And that's, and that's, yeah, that's what we're fighting against. But um, yeah, we did, we did go to Film Victoria for distribution funding and we were rejected, yeah. um, which was, you know, just incredibly galling for us um, because we just went, oh, dude, if we can't even, like, go to Paris and make a film and, you know, like, with a whole bunch of people that people recognise and not get any support, we were like, oh, it's pretty rough out there. It is tough. So, it's tough. You know? And so it has been a, a really massive struggle because, you know, you just... I think that the the big question that, you know, that we're not kind of answering is is how are we how are we nurturing a kind of generational shift in the industry? Because there are a huge amount of content creators, and I use that word very, very specifically, you know, like we have people who are going straight to web-based platforms and straight to, you know, um, like the Wizard of Oz boys or whatever or the yeah. Racka Racka boys, and they're just completely bypassing the industry altogether. And I think what we need to do is not only look at gender parity as a huge issue, but who do we fund and why? Mm. And what, what are the metrics for success? Because I think there are a lot of people who don't even look at a cinema now because, you know, they've literally not gone to the cinema in two years. Yeah. So how, how do we support those people and go, hey, you're doing great stuff? Because I think in a lot of ways the funding agencies are still trying to keep, um, keep the industry in uh, a a very stable place where you know the exhibition windows are set and you know the the, the way that you create and distribute a film is is very um it's very plotted out and i think that you know the way that our film came about was incredibly shambolic but we talked to so many people like so, so many of our peers and it happens the same way that way now you know mm -hmm. it's often the same thing that an opportunity springs up and you go well i'm going to be shooting a film in five months mm. Um, absolutely no way that Screen Australia is going to, you know, say yes to that. So you just beg, borrow and steal and get it done. So, yeah. I think it, it stands for, for us within our kind of our, our lifespan. Like, you've got to be really fluid and you've got to be really flexible to get this done. And I think that's like having a team of people that were really like that enabled, enabled that kind of the product to happen. You know, it's just like you've got to be really, yeah, of course, I'll go now. 
And I think that's what the industry is kind of struggling with. Like, you know, that's why people are going onto the web. That's why people are making content that is kind of bypassing all those channels because it's moving and we're, we're kind of the product of, you know what, if the industry has to accept these people that are, that want to break in and we, if you're not going to let us through the front door, we're going to jump through the window. (laughs) Good on you. You know what I mean? It's really important to kind of go, you know what, there's lots of, there's lots of um, platforms for people to be in, but, there's a there's only a couple of specific ways to get in there anyway mm. you know and it has to really kind of change for people like us to kind of make more stuff well uh, look at porno have you guys uh, did you guys catch porno exactly. yeah um, i mean yeah. they've made one of the best films of the year and it was almost entirely uh, privately funded as well um, yeah exactly yeah 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 and I think that, you know, one of the things that we... And it's about nurturing an independent culture, you know? Like, we we really kind of... We had a really good festival run through the States and we met some really amazing people in the States and we actually went, oh, so what, we, what we're talking about is not insane. Mm. You know, like, we, we were talking to, you know, indie filmmakers who were just like, yeah, mate, I do that all the time. And we were like, oh, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it seems to be happening more and more in Australia as well. There's a lot of independent film companies out there uh, churning out these movies, which is great to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, finally, um, uh, tell us a bit about uh, Drama's uh, distribution. How are people going to be able to catch the film? Um, so the, the, we're doing what's, I mean, as close to what we can call a day and date release, mm. which basically means that we're going to be doing one-off event um, screenings nationwide, as well, well as releasing on um, digital platforms, iTunes and Google Play to begin with. So mm. the reason we did that is one again because I think that you know the the kind of age-old. Um, agreements between exhibitors and distributors actually leaves very little room for independent um, makers to really find and build an audience and you know you mentioned porno and that's a really really good example you know like they they basically had a really long run through the Lido cinema in in Melbourne and that's because they could speak directly to the cinema owner and negotiate past this you know this kind of algorithm crunching where they actually you know see how many people go to that first screen and if there's not enough then they kind of forecast and say well we're not going to make money and so we pull it Mm. so we really wanted to do something that you know could result in maximum eyeballs but also could could you know answer the need for some people wanting to go to a cinema and some people wanting to stay at home because you know to be honest i i watch most of my content at home now and Mm. and i'm quite happy to do that and you know if i really really like a film i'll go back and see it at the cinema you know either Mm. retrospectively or while it's still out Mm. and i think that you know rather than looking at those two experiences as um competing we need to see them as complementary um and, and that's what we really want to do. So, yeah, we, we just decided that it would be far easier for us to, um, yeah, to, to also just, you know, like our, our film wasn't, you know, it was expensive for us, but in the scheme of things, it we wasn't, you know, it wasn't the kind of like $4 million thing. Mm. Um, so we didn't want to have to charge people, you know, unless they really want to go to a cinema. We didn't want to charge people, you know, 
Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, congratulations on the film and uh, I thank you both very much uh, for your time. Thank, thank you so much, much Matthew. No it's really, really great to have your support.